All right, all right, all right, ladies and germs, boys and girls, children and senior citizens all over the world. Welcome to Prime Talk with your boy Rodimus Prime. I'm Rodimus Prime here on this beautiful Saturday, May 9th, 2020, the eve before Mother's Day. Mother's Day is tomorrow, so shout out to all the moms out there all over the world. But here on this episode, I am going to be doing the second episode of Vintage Review. Now, as I said on the last episode, since I can't really cover anything, I mean I can, but not really much, I'm going to be doing um, Vintage Review where I'm going to be covering the WWF Insurrection Series from 2000 to 2003. Uh, Last episode, I covered Insurrection 2000, which was the first of the uh, series. I'm going to be covering the second pay-per-view, which is Insurrection 2001, plus at the tail end of the show, I'm going to be giving my Money in the Bank predictions, which is tomorrow. Money in the Bank is tomorrow, so I know a bunch of y'all will be watching. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Money in the Bank is going to be at WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. But man, um, where do I begin? Uh, What a week. What a week of deaths, and I don't mean that in a funny way. Uh, Three deaths this week, uh, back-to-back, from last night to today, and I think Tuesday. Um, We're going to start off with uh, former Miami Dolphins head coach Don Shula. He passed away at the age of 90. If you don't remember Don Shula, he coached the undefeated uh, Miami Dolphins team, the only undefeated team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl, the 72 Dolphins. I know the Patriots and other teams have tried to come close to that, but no team in history in the near 50 years uh, has come close to the 1972 Miami Dolphins team. They went undefeated and won it all. He was their head coach. Uh, last night, Andre Harrell, for all you music heads out there, um, uh, Andre Harrell, the founder of Uptown Records, who found who discovered Sean Puffy Combs. He was an A&R and intern for the record label. He passed away at the age of 59. Now, if you don't remember Uptown Records, for uh, just to give y'all just to give y'all a little history, um, it had some of the biggest acts on that label. Like I said, Andre was the one who founded uh, that label. Acts from like Heavy D and the Boys, uh, So For Real, Mary J. Blige. Again, Puffy was an intern for Andre Harrell. Puffy went on to create Bad Boy. You already know the history between those two. But he will definitely be missed. And this morning, Little Richard. Yes, Little Richard, who sung the hit song Tutti Fruity. He passed away at the age of 87. And it had been years since I heard anything about Little Richard. And yeah. That that's just I don't know what else to say. This this week has been tumultuous. This year, as we all know, has been tumultuous. So yeah, three deaths in one week. Uh, my thoughts and condolences go to all the families who uh, lost loved ones, if you will. So yeah. But anyway, let's talk about WWE, WWF Insurrection 2001. Now this was the second year in a row. That this was held at the Earl's Court Exhibition Center in London, England. Um, this year's attendance for that show, well, that the attendance for that year's show was sixteen thousand two hundred eighty-four. 
uh, Paul Heyman and Michael Cole were on commentary for Insurrection 2001. Excuse me. The main event for this show was a handicap match for the WWF Championship. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin, the champion, and Triple H. They were known back then as the two-man power trip. They had all the gold, the Intercontinental, the WWF, and the Tag Team Championships. They were taking on The Undertaker. They were taking on The Undertaker, in which was a heated feud uh, back then. The only way for The Undertaker to become champion is if he had to pin Steve Austin. I'll talk more about that a little later. We open the show with... uh, Commissioner William Regal, he's in his office, he's being confronted by Mr. McMahon. Now, Mr. McMahon talks about all these changes, you know, people getting in his way. He talks about his wife, who later comes in the office and confronts him. And, you know, she talks about all the changes that she has made, so on and so forth. Now, as far as Regal goes, he would take on Chris Jericho later on in the show for the Queen's Cup. I'll talk more about that a little later. But... After all of that, we get on with the show. We start off with Eddie Guerrero taking on Grandmaster Setse. Now, the crowd was hot for Grandmaster Setse. Latino Heat coming in as the heel. Uh, This was a nice match to um, start off the show. Like I said, Eddie coming in as the heel. Grandmaster Setse as the big baby face. You would think going into this match that uh, Grandmaster Setse would get the victory. But evidently not. Eddie Guerrero picked up the victory in four minutes 30 seconds two out of five next we had a mixed tag team match involving the radicals represented by perry saturn and dean malenko along with terry ronalds uh they took on the holly cousins molly crash and bob holly or excuse me hardcore holly i'm sorry um molly holly um you know she had an interview during the show if you will uh talking about her match so on and so forth um as far as i'm concerned she really could not stand terry ronalds and she was looking to get her hands around the neck of terry reynolds uh the crash crash and hardcore holly were looking to decimate the radicals but as far as terry goes she said look i'm not dressed to compete because i got on a skirt i got on boots I, I'm not dressed to compete, but, you know, she had what little action she had in this match. It was mostly the Radicals taking on uh, the Holly Cousins, so you might as well say in a way, you might as well say in a way that this was a three-on-two, I don't know, I guess. Anyway, uh, the Radicals and Terry Reynolds won. They found a way to outsmart the Holly Cousins in five minutes, 37 seconds, two and a half out of five. Next... We had the Big Show. He came out and called out Tess. If you remember Tess, this was the same guy who was in that feud with Stephanie Man and Triple H. That guy. Anyway, um, Big Show, he had been targeting Tess's ribs. Uh, he decimated Tess on Raw. They showed that. They showed highlights of the assault that the Big Show put on Tess. And he called out Tess. Tess came out there in street clothes. He did the best he could, but it wasn't enough. And then he, the Big Show just decimated him. I mean, Tess knew that he couldn't go into this match 100%. He knew that he was not up to par. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Um, but anyway, he called out anybody else from the locker room that would step up to him and said nobody could stop him 
out came Bradshaw, one half of the APA. So we had a match. Now, the, the, the thing with Tess and the Big Show, that was not official because Tess could not, he could not compete. He was injured. Let's just call it what it is. He was injured. So Bradshaw came in. They had the match. Bradshaw laid him out with the clothesline from hell, took down the big giant. In three minutes, 20 seconds, one and a half out of five, crowd went crazy. Of course, Bradshaw being the, um, I guess you can call the superhero, I guess, the man coming in to save the day. Bradshaw picks up the victory. Next, we had a four-way elimination match. I thought this was a good match. Uh, it was between Edge and Christian, Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, and X-Factor, uh, the team of X-Pac and Just Incredible being accompanied by Albert. Uh, once one person was eliminated, that meant the whole team was eliminated. Um, I thought this was a good match. You know, a lot of tags in and out, a lot of back and forth. Um, if I recall, uh, the Hardy Boys got eliminated first. No, it was X-Factor. I'm sorry. X-Factor got eliminated first. Then it was the Hardy Boys. Then it was, um, the Dudleys. So Edge and Christian, um, they were the last team standing if you will. They were the last team standing. A very good match. A lot of uh, fast-paced action, in my opinion. Like I said, Edge and Christian picked up the victory in three, 13 minutes, 20 seconds, three and a half out of five. I think, in my opinion, around that time, the tag team division was hot. I want to say this was for the titles, but as I was making the notes, it didn't say it was for the tag team titles. So this was, no, no titles were involved, but in my opinion, around that time, the tag team division was hot. You had X Factor, you had Edge and Christian, you had the Dudley Boys, you had the Hardys, so on and so forth. So you had a lot of great teams compared to what it is today, no disrespect. But, you know, things were mighty different around 2001. But anyway, three and a half out of five, Edge and Christian got the victory. Next, we had a two out of three falls match. Now, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, if you remember, they faced off on the last uh, Insurrection show in 2000. They're facing off again, this time in a two out of three falls match. However, Chris Benoit, he has stolen Kurt Angle's gold medals. And Kurt Angle is not happy that his gold medals are in the possession of the Canadian Crippler. This time, Chris Benoit didn't go in with a big-ass black eye. And like I said, that 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 black eye he had at Insurrection 2000, that was pretty nasty. That was pretty nasty. Kurt Angle, he wanted his gold medals back, and he was going to do everything he could to get his gold medals back. So they got it. So they got in the ring. They had the match. You know, going into this match as I was watching it, I was thinking, okay, you know, Kurt Angle's going to win. You know, Chris Benoit's going to get the first one. Kurt Angle's second one. Nope. 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 Chris Benoit found a way to outsmart Kurt Angle. Somehow, some way, by hook or by crook, Kurt Angle, um, he was not pleased. He was not pleased. I enjoyed this match. Uh, in a way, the match could have been better. I mean, but Chris Benoit ended up sweeping Kurt Angle two falls to zero. Literally two falls to zero. Um, this match lasted 14 minutes, 23 seconds, four out of five. A very good match. You know, at first it started out slow, uh, but it picked up towards the end, second half of the match. 
But like I said, Chris Benoit sweeping Kurt Angle, in my opinion, in shocking fashion. And uh, he got on the stage, he grabbed the mic, he said, your gold medals are right, right here. He pulled out Kurt Angle's gold medals from his tights. And Kurt Angle was not happy. He was chasing Chris Benoit to the back. He wanted those gold medals bad. And he wanted them back in his possession by all means necessary. Next, we had a match for the Queen's Cup as William Regal took on Chris Jericho. Now, if you recall, they showed some highlights from, uh, I want to say Raw or SmackDown, whichever one they were. Um, William Regal has been a thorn in Chris Jericho's side. And because of him, uh, I believe it was be it was because of William Regal that Chris Jericho lost the Intercontinental title. I believe so. But anyway, he was doing everything he could to, uh, I guess, make sure Chris Jericho didn't succeed. Because he wanted to see Jericho fail by at any cost, by all means necessary. So we had the Queen's Cup. And the crowd was hot for Chris Jericho. They could not stand William Regal, even though he was on his, even though he was on the other side of the world, on the other side of town, if you will. They couldn't stand William Regal, Chris Jericho being the big baby face he was. Um, let's just say he beat William Regal at his own game. Regal thought he was smart. He thought just because he was going, just because he was uh, costing Chris Jericho matches, that he was going to uh, beat Jericho. Jericho said, nope, not at my expense. So Jericho found a way to uh, beat William Regal. Afterwards, Regal took the uh, Queen's Cup and just bashed Jericho. He just bashed him from behind with the Queen's Cup, just, just basically breaking the cup in two, if you will, leaving Chris Jericho laying. Jericho picks up the victory. He wins the Queen's Cup in 14 minutes, 46 seconds, three out of five. Now, during the show, excuse me, they showed Triple H and Stone Cold uh, getting ready for their match. The Undertaker getting ready for the match. This was the main event. This was for the WWF Championship. Now, as I stated at the top of the show, uh, the only way for Undertaker to become champion is if he pinned Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was the champion. Uh, they were basically talking strategy, being the two-man power trip, on how they were going to defeat The Undertaker and leave him laying. Now, they showed some highlights from SmackDown and Raw, where they took out Kane. Uh, they broke his arm, I believe. I believe it was his arm He bro they broke. And then on SmackDown, they showed where uh, Undertaker attacked Triple H. He attacked Austin, threw him through a glass plate window, and Stone Cold... Uh, yeah, he had some stitches and whatnot. So Undertaker was not playing. He wanted that championship by all means necessary. Now, again, this show was coming off the heels of Backlash, just like it was in 2000. So we get to the match. The two-man power trip. They come out there. Uh, Stephanie McMahon being accompanying Triple H to the ring. Stone Cold comes out there. Uh, then the American Badass comes out there on his Harley Davidson. And by all means, like I said, he wanted that WWF title in his possession. He was doing this for his brother, Kane. Um, you know, the two-man power trip, they tried every trick in the book to uh, decimate The Undertaker. 
They tried every trick in the book to make sure he did not walk out of London, the WWF champion. Um, I think a couple referees got knocked out, so on and so forth. Um, Stephanie, she got involved, but it wasn't enough because The Undertaker found a way to get the victory. But, but, there's always a but, he ended up pinning Triple H. Now, as I stated, he had to pin Steve Austin in order to become champion. He ended up pinning the other champion. So, which meant The Undertaker did not walk out of London, England as the WWF champion. Anyway, he got the victory in 17 minutes, 12 seconds, 4 out of 5. Overall, I gave the show a 3. I gave it a 3 out of 5. I thought it was a little better than the last show, than the first show. But, um, you know, I thought this was really good. A couple good matches here and there. Seven matches compared to the last show. The last show had like nine matches, nine or ten matches. But like I said, Insurrection 2001 was a little better than Insurrection 2000. Now on Monday, being I'm off, I'm going to take some time off for Mother's Day to celebrate my mom. Shout Again, shout out to all the moms. Uh, Monday's episode, I will talk about Insurrection 2002 plus Money in the Bank review and so on and so forth. Uh, but anyway, speaking of Money in the Bank, let's talk about that. As I stated, Money in the Bank is this Sunday, tomorrow, on Mother's Day, from Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, apparently, both Money in the Bank matches will happen simultaneously. I can't even say the word. But um, it's going to be very interesting. The tagline for this year, or the motto for this year, if you will, climb the corporate ladder. Who is going to win Money in the Bank? Now, if you watch SmackDown, I did not. Um, you saw that King Corbin, he was standing tall with the briefcase. He is going to be in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, as well as a few other competitors. I'll get to that in just a second. Who is going to win the women's Money in the Bank? I mean, looking at the card, you got Shayna Baszler, Oscar, Nia Jax, Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, and Carmella. I'll talk more about that a little later also, but let's just jump right into it. Um, you They start from the ground floor all the way up to the roof. So it's going to be mighty, mighty interesting to see how that unfolds. But we'll start off with the Fatal 4-Way for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as it's the new day. The eight-time Tag Team Champions taking on Lucha House Party, the former champions, John Morrison and The Miz, and the Forgotten Sons. Now, I like the New Day. In a way, they should not be Tag Team Champions right now. Uh, Miz and Morrison, in a way, they should still be champions. I don't know why they took the belts off them so quick. Lucha House Party, I really don't give a damn about Lucha House Party for real. I really don't care, to be honest with you. And the Forgotten Sons, they're looking to make an impact on SmackDown. So, with all this being said, you got these four teams just trying to fight for the championships. They're going to be out there um, seeing who's the best team, who's going to walk out with the straps. And you know what? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to say the Forgotten Sons walk out of Money in the Bank from WWE headquarters as the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And they will be forgotten no more. So I'm picking the Forgotten Sons to become the new champions. Next we have the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line as Bayley takes on Tamina. Bayley has been champion for a long time now. Tamina, she got her shot 
thanks to Bailey, who ran her mouth, uh, she beat Sasha Banks a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. Now, I saw where the Usos were wishing her luck uh, on becoming champion and how they said it's overdue. They did that on their uh, show, The Bump. Uh, no disrespect to Tamina. I'm sorry. No disrespect. I'm going Bailey. She's the obvious choice. I will. I will laugh. I will laugh if Tamina wins and she gets cashed on. If they have the women's money in the bank match early, I will laugh if she gets cashed on. I don't. Like I said, I don't know how they're gonna do money in the bank. I mean, they start from the ground floor all the way to the top. But all that being said, I'm picking Bailey. I mean, Bailey is the obvious choice to win. Next, we have the Universal Championship on the line as Braun Strowman, the champion, who defeated Goldberg at WrestleMania, takes on either The Fiend or Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Either way, he's taking on Bray Wyatt, the man who lost to Goldberg in Saudi Arabia to become Universal Champion. See how that works? I don't, because it was stupid. Anyway, um, I haven't watched much of this. But I think from what well from what I've seen in the highlights and stuff like that, it's been pretty good. I wouldn't mind Bray Wyatt becoming champion again. I mean, he should be champion anyway. You know, whether you like him or not, that's just my personal opinion. As far as Braun Strowman goes, eh, it's Braun Strowman's universal champion. I really don't care. But if I had to choose, unfortunately, I'm picking Braun Strowman to retain as the universal champion. Next, we have the WWE Championship on the line as Drew McIntyre, the Scottish psychopath, taking on the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins and Drew, this has been pretty good. I mean, for as lackluster as Monday Night Raw and SmackDown have been, as far as Monday Night Raw goes, I think this has been very good. This has been a very good rivalry. I like the promo work that these two have done. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Drew McIntyre, you know, it sucks that he's not in front of a crowd, you know, being what we're going through. But I think his run as champion has been pretty good. Seth Rollins is looking to get the championship back. He's looking to save uh, the WWE, I guess, up from Drew McIntyre and become champion again. But I don't think that's going to happen. Don't take the belt off of Drew just yet. I think you need to give him a couple more months. I'm taking Drew McIntyre to retain as champion. Now let's talk about the Money in the Bank matches. Like I said, they're going to have the Money in the Bank la Money in the Bank ladder matches happen at the same damn time. So with all that being said, we're going to start off with the men's Money in the Bank ladder match as Daniel Bryan, Otis, King Corbin, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, and AJ Styles will all compete. Now, if you watched Monday Night Raw, AJ Styles made his return, and he's replacing Apollo Crews, who's out on injury. Um, this is this is a good lineup here. I really like this. I mean, despite who you think should win or will win, uh, you got Daniel Bryan. He's been Money in the Bank winner before. Otis in his first one. Uh, King Corbin, former Money in the Bank uh, ladder match winner. Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, and AJ Styles. I think Rey, didn't Rey win it one time? Somebody refresh my memory. Somebody leave a comment in the comment section or whatever. Didn't Rey Mysterio win Money in the Bank one time? I really can't remember. Anyway, this, like I said, this is a very good lineup. 
I really like this. You know, part of me is leaning towards, um, a part of me is leaning towards Alistair Black. But I would not be mad, and I will not be mad if he does not win. But it's it, it's it's kind of like my heart, my heart is saying Alistair Black. My head is saying AJ Styles. So therefore, I have to flip the coin and say AJ Styles because clearly people think that he's the obvious favorite. So I'm going AJ Styles. Next, we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match as Shayna Baszler, Oscar, Nia Jax, Carmella, Lacey Evans, and Dana Brooke will all compete to become Mrs. Money in the Bank. Now, as I look at this, I like this lineup as well. But if I had to narrow it down, Dana Brooke, no. Carmella, she's already had it. Lacey Evans, eh, maybe, maybe. Uh, Asuka, I think she won before also. Nia Jax, she's the obvious favorite. Shayna Baszler. I mean, a lot of people are picking between, in my personal opinion, I don't know. A lot of people are picking between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. As far as I'm concerned, uh, it goes back to what I just said about the men's. My heart is saying Shayna Baszler. My head is saying Nia Jax. Unfortunately, I have to pick Nia Jax. So I'm going Nia Jax to win and become Mrs. Money in the Bank. Um, Shayna, you know what? Shayna has just had bad luck this year. Let's just call it what it is. She should have won the Royal Rumble. She should have beat Becky at WrestleMania. Even though I love Becky, she should have beat Becky. And I don't see her winning the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, though I could be wrong. But my personal opinion, the obvious favorites are AJ Styles and Nia Jax. So with all that being said, like I said, Money in the Bank tomorrow on the WWE Network, I will be watching. And those are my picks for Money in the Bank, and that is my review of WWE Insurrection 2001. I will be talking about Insurrection 2002 on Monday uh, as I am about halfway done with the show, I'm going to go back and finish, and then I'll have all the notes gathered up, plus a Money in the Bank review on Monday. I'll try to record that before Monday Night Raw on Monday, since I'm off. And plus, um, the next time I record, I will be talking about the NFL. I really, really doubt if we have football this year, being that we're going through this pandemic and whatnot. I really hope all y'all are staying safe out there. But the NFL just released each team's schedule. All 32 teams, their schedules have been released. I will be looking at the schedules. I will be jotting down notes. I will be making predictions on who will win the divisions and whatnot. They've made some changes this year. Like I said, whether it's high school, college, or pro, I really doubt if we if we have any football. But if we do, if it's not with fans, if it's with fans, whatever, you know, that's fine with me. But we'll see how everything shapes out between now and August, September, so on and so forth. But anyway, this has been Vintage Review Episode 2. Episode 3 will be coming Monday. So um, with all that being said, I'm Rodimus Prime. I hope you all stay safe. Continue to stay safe. Stay prayed up. Have a blessed day. And again, shout out to all the moms out there. Tomorrow is y'all's day. Every day is y'all's day. Um, Like I said, yeah. I'm Rodimus Prime, and I'll see you guys next time.